you become you become a little bit less tolerant of the things that aren't enriching you totally finally like it's like you just don't have have the time or the energy to put up with shit that you used to put up with yeah you know or things that you activities you used to engage with you know like uh, oftentimes are little addictions you know that's that's a very interesting thing when you start to commit to yourself and commit to doing the things that actually enrich you is that all of these little bad habits all of these little distractions that you know you used to be slave to suddenly just kind of start just kind of falling off of you this is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome, one, and welcome all once again. This is Evan, and on the other end of this is Brandon. We're doing Hello. a podcast thing. <laughs> Hello, We're doing everyone. a podcast thing once again. Uh, and if you clicked, you clicked because you saw the title. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you just selected something randomly. But most likely, you saw the title and you clicked on it. Hope you're excited about it because we're excited about it. Create your atmosphere to flourish. Ooh. It's Oof. a big one. Ooh. <laughs> This is an important one, actually. This is, this is, um, was a big discovery for me as far as, uh, just a lot of personal work for me personally went into this, this particular conversation, not consciously, but to get to this point where we could talk about it, to have had these awarenesses and these insights about this stuff. Um, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of, uh, you know, just battling you know, myself and the world around me and, uh, you know, metaphorically people and situations and circumstances. So I'm personally, I'm really excited to share this and I think it's going to be a really cool conversation with lots of fun discoveries. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as always, we, Brent and I usually have a little bit of a a pre pre chat before we get into the chat just to get something that's yeah relevant and, and, for us personally, but something that also excites us. So um, there's so much that we can I, get into with this that I don't necessarily know where to begin. Do you I'd have like to, a yeah, jumping off point? Yeah, I do. I want to start with the idea that I just want to share this metaphor that there. Okay. So we've talked about this before and we've mentioned it in other podcasts, but it's the idea that, you know, inside the acorn is the oak tree you know? And so inside the very like seed of this thing is the vision of the oak tree. And so as you are, as an artist, as a person, as a human being on the other end of this, this vision, this thing that you have inside of yourself, you might not be totally clear on what that is yet, but this calling, this thing that's inside of you, it's in your nature to become that, like you're designed to become that. And Mm -hmm. so all you really need is the circumstances, the atmosphere, essentially, I want to say atmosphere around you to be able to do that. But that atmosphere that's around you actually first has to kind of start inside of you and you, you work with the atmosphere outside of you. So like, think of it like a garden, you plant seeds in it, the soil 
if it is good soil in a good place and it's properly being like watered and nurtured with sun and things it needs, whatever those seeds are will grow. And, and when you see a garden grow, like when you actually see it start to grow, it can be very sudden. And you're like, wow, like a week ago, this was nothing. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's like this, like this wonder of like green and all this stuff growing out of it. Your nature is like that. And this is the thing that I, I've come to this realization for myself is that, um, inside of me and inside of every person, we already have that inside of us. And the, the circumstances like the world around us, the atmosphere, if it is the right thing for us, we will naturally grow into what we're supposed to grow into. It's our responsibility though, to make sure that that atmosphere around us, including the garden, the soil, the, 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 the temperature in a sense is all the right things for us to grow. And mm -hmm. we're all different types of plants. We're all different types of things that are supposed to grow and not all of us are going to flourish in the same environment or the same atmosphere. And we need to figure out what that is. That's part of our job. And we can always, here's the key thing. We can always replant ourselves. It's not like you were born into something and you're like, well, I was planted here and this is where I'm stuck. No, you can uproot yourself and totally start again at any time over and over again. And, th and that's kind of the main metaphor that I want to kind of yeah. build this conversation upon. Yeah. And we're sort of, we are the garden, but we are also the one that tends the garden yeah. too, which is maybe kind of what's unique about us <laughs> from yeah. maybe just like a plant that's stuck in the ground. And yeah, it's, I, I think what I really like about coming into this conversation is that in many ways, you know, this is, is, is part of it is the understanding that it's like we have a sort of uh, a commitment and, and a charge that has been placed upon us uh, to create that atmosphere. You know, like it's, that's part of creating the atmosphere is learning that <laughs> we have to be the ones to, to, to be creating it for ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, another way that I've always liked to put this is, and, and a question that I always like to ask is like, what are you doing to enrich yourself? And actually, well, actually, let me take that a few steps back. It's like, first ask is like, what are the things that enrich you? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we can ask the question, it's just like, do things that are enriching and so it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta read more. I gotta, you know, yeah. like I gotta, you know, that could be part of it, but it's like, you know, sometimes that's us just taking on, you know, ideas and notions of, of what enriching is, as opposed to taking that pause, that moment or whatever time you need to actually go into what are the things that enrich me mm -hmm. that, and, and again, I'll go to that. This is not, while the intellect can certainly play a part in how we discover these things, it's really comes from a sensing feeling place that we discover those things that enrich us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, maybe it is reading, but maybe it's reading a specific kind of thing, a specific kind of material, you know, for myself, um, I, I have to be reading, some sort of book on traditional wisdom, um, spirituality, or, um, you know, I need to be reading 
philosophy, you know, mm-hmm. these different types of things. I, that, that's a part of my diet. It's a part of my stable because if I'm not doing that, I feel depleted. Mm-hmm. You know, my, I don't have, um, I don't have the, the energy I need. I don't have the perspective that I, that I want to have in my day-to-day life. Uh, same thing like with hiking in nature or just walking in nature is it's, it's an essential component to enriching myself, which is building my atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, that's creating something around me. It's creating an inertia and an environment that allows the, my own nature to come out that allows my own nature to flourish as, as best as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Those are good examples. I think that if you're on the other end of this listening, you know, you might, you could be in a very different stage, right? Like we can all be in different stages, but if you want to start change in your life, you got to start with small things that you have control over. You don't get to decide like, I want this person to be this way, or I want to be in a different job right now. It's like, that might take some time, you know, and you might not have total control over that yet um, or ever, but there's an evolution to growth, right? One of the things that I always say to people, I'm just like, make your bet. Like make your bed. That's something you can control. Like mm-hmm. clean your house, dust, sweep. Like, like these things sound so simple and so like silly and pointless. But if you think about like, imagine your, your bed was your mind, right? Like, and it wasn't made. Like, how are you supposed to do anything? You know what I mean? Like if you have clutter in your place, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I, I get caught up in this all the time, but anything that's in your way, is, is a representation of something in your mind that's in your way. So a lot of the time people will say like, by doing the dishes, they'll feel better. Like they don't want to do it, but then yeah. once they do it, they'll feel a lot better. And by the way, if you're feeling depressed at all, like if someone is listening to this and you just happen to be feeling down, this is a great first initial step to start getting yourself out of that. Um, just start taking care of things you can control because most people that feel depressed. And by the way, I think this is more expansive than people who have just recognized they're depressed, but like you need to, you need to feel some control over your world. That's part of the reason why people feel so down and powerless because they feel like they have no control over your world. And there's certain things that you definitely have control over making your bed, doing the dishes, sweeping up, cleaning up, organizing, all these are chores that people don't want to do, but I'm telling you, like they will change your life. And that's where a lot of this has to start. You know, your garden needs to be clean. Your garden needs to have good soil and good things around it for this seed to grow. And if those things aren't taken care of, you can get all the other like great things that you want out here and almost nothing will happen because that initial soil that's right around you is not nurturing you and it's poisoning you. So yeah. And yeah. there's something that is very profound about something as simple and honest about, yeah, like cleaning your room, making your bed, doing the dishes. Uh, it's very interesting that in almost any culture around the world, if you look at people who um, put themselves into a monastic life, that kind of shit is essential. You know, and in the Zen tradition, the higher, higher up you are, the worst shit you have to do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not like the newbies who have to go and clean the toilets. It's like, it's like the most sort of like woke of everybody (laughs) that has to do that stuff. But there's something, 
incredibly important. You've got to tend the garden. You've got to keep take care of the grounds. There's just a there's an honest simplicity that lends itself very very well to actually uncovering our own nature. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that there's pro- there's probably a lot of reasons we could probably go into as to why that is. I don't know if that's where that. I don't want to take that conversation down that path because that's just too specific <laughs> thing to get into. But you know the 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 general message that there we can even adopt some of these mentalities for for ourselves. You know some of these monastic mentalities and be like, okay, you know, like I clean the room, I do the dishes, I, you know, like what whatever it is, you 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 fold the blankets, you do these things and it there's a tremendous power to to cleaning and decluttering that suddenly makes things possible Mm -hmm. for some bizarre reason you know (laughs) well it's you know it's also space right it's space to grow um if you've ever seen a tomato plant like a tomato tree they're quite incredible because when they start growing they don't look like much. They look pretty small. And then all of a sudden, uh, a certain point in the season will hit and they just blow up. Like they get so big so quickly. And right now in a garden that I'm tending, there's a uh, tomato plant. And like one week you're like, oh, this thing's like, 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 it's, like it's growing. And then the next week it's like, wow, this thing's starting to get big. And then all of a sudden the next week, I couldn't even believe it was the same plant. It was so big that it was like outgrowing the whole planter. And it's just because it's getting the right amount of water, yeah. the right amount of sun, all the right elements in it. And like this week I looked at it, we had to trim it down, right? So you trimmed yeah. it down and, and the tomatoes are just starting, they're just starting to grow and they're growing so quickly. You're like, holy crap. Like this thing is just what like, what am I going to do bursting. with all these tomatoes? <laughs> right. So, and, and the other thing too, is, um, it has a, uh, like, this might sound like a soft topic, but this is very important for the artist to hear. There's um, like a, a, a actual, like a, a barrier kind of around the plant, right? Like a metal wiring and, and a, a backing so that the plant can have a base to grow. So because it has this um, sturdy thing set up for it, it's been capable of growing way bigger than it could otherwise. Cause it has like support. So one of the things that you can do as an artist is when you set up, a good support system for yourself to grow into, you'll all of a sudden realize you can grow way bigger, way quicker. And so like, I think one of the most important things that I've learned partly through gardening alone is just that things can only grow as well as they've been provided the opportunity to grow. So Mm -hmm. like this plant, for example, one of many needs enough soil to be able to spread its roots, to be able to grow, to be able to suck up the water, to be able to expand. But it also needed the upper support for it to be able to grow big and grow strong. And had we not done that, had we not added this element to that, the tomato plant, it would not have been able to grow quite like this. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you might be thinking all about how you want to go and I want to be that big and that's what I want to do. But it first started from a few little seeds. It started with nothing. You couldn't even see anything. And then it's the little leaves come start sprinkling through some little green. And then all of a sudden, you know, like a few weeks later, you're like, what are we dealing with? We got like a tree here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, um, so, I mean, I think that, um, I think it's really important to look at yourself like that. So like you're this little tiny seed underground and you got like, 
no traction, nobody can see anything in your world. And you're like, I'm not getting anywhere to suddenly you make, you sprout from the surface and you're like, Hey, I'm like, I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden, you know, this could be, you could be like so monumentally bigger than you even realize much more quickly than you realize. And I'm not saying it needs to happen that way, but it can. And if you want to grow a lot of your responsibility, because you're the gardener as much as you're the seed, right? So you need to set up yourself as the seed to grow. Like you need to take care of what needs to be taken care of. And like, if you're not making your bed or you're not taking care of a little business, when things get really busy, you're never going to take care of it and you're going to get overwhelmed and that might destroy you. Like, you know, I I love how uh, a lot of the stuff kind of came around, like, because you, you start to put together some stuff that I was putting together in, in my head (laughs) as you were, as you were talking, because I loved how you put it where it's just like, you know, you, you, sometimes you can't see it in, you you, you don't even see it growing Mm. yet. Like, or, or from the outside, you can't see anything. Right. And, and, but that's why it's so important that for you, you see something happening, you know, because like before someone else sees something happening, yes, you know, there's a capacity to which you need to begin seeing something happening before anyone else will. You need to be paying attention to the changes, the shifts, the growth that are going on, the conditions that are being created where suddenly you're going to be able to burst out and people are going to see it. And bizarrely, again, sometimes just doing these simple things that again, you are in control of like things that don't depend on anyone else for it to be done. Right. Like you don't depend on anyone else to make your bed. You don't depend on anyone else to, to fold and hang up your clothes. You don't depend on anybody else to to do your dishes. You and, can, and by the way, if you do, like maybe your parent does it, maybe someone's younger, start doing it. Like your parents will be like, Oh my God, they're doing it, but don't do it because you're trying to impress your parents or you're trying to do something. Do it because you take pride in being the kind of person that takes control of your life. Like, because not because you're going to be like a good kid, but because you realize the power that comes from you taking care of business. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's anyway, I don't want to cut it's, you off. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's a means of, of, of putting care and attention into you and mm-hmm. into your life. We don't often look at it that way. You know, like this is maybe a bit of a, of a side note to this, but like every now and then when I'm in the middle of doing some mundane activity, like doing dishes, I will, and if I find any kind of agitation that I have about, about doing the work that I'm doing, I'll ask myself, well, what's wrong with the thing that I'm doing right now? You know, and it's like, what makes this thing wrong? And, and very quickly you realize that you're the only one who's making this thing wrong Mm. in this moment. And that this is as good as an activity as anything to be doing. Right. But like, it's, I want to just bring this back into the space of sometimes what's so profound about being able to do some, or just doing something like the dishes and cleaning your house and doing whatever needs to be done is that that's one of those things in which you see a change. Mm. That's one of those ways in which you go, you see that you affect your environment in a, in a real tangible way. And from there you can begin to expand further and further out to see how you affect the, like a greater environment in more subtle 
ways, mm-hmm. but still very, po- but even more powerful ways that you actually can change things. But sometimes just that, that small step to be like, oh, yes, I did this. I'm having an effect in my world. You know, that's, that's something that if, if you're disconnected from that, if you're disconnected from, you know, your life or, and, and your actions is having any kind of meaning or impact, you know, like it's a beautiful way of just being like, okay, you know, maybe no one else sees this, but I see this, I'm having an impact, I'm doing something and it creates motion and it creates movement, it creates momentum, you know, and, and momentum, I mean, as Joe Rogan would say, like momentum is like everything Mm. with anything that you want to do. It's like creating momentum is, is everything. It really is. I mean, and when you see it compound, when you see it actually work on top of itself, then you start to see what's possible. And in the initial stages of setting the trajectory of your life, let's just say the acorn becoming the oak tree, right? You're the acorn. You're like, you feel like you're nothing. You're underground. No one can see you and nobody cares and nobody stands around and goes, wow, like you're walked on, you know, and, and you're this little acorn underground and people are stepping on you and they don't care about you. They don't even know you exist. And you're like, I want to be this giant Oak tree that people read books under and, and bask in the glory of it and climb. And, you know, like I'm, and you want to be the most massive of all Oak trees, you know, that was ever created, right. Or whatever this thing is. Just as quick thing. I love that. You just said bask in the glory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's this humble beginnings with everything and these things that you're doing underground, like making your bed and, and washing the dishes, maybe you, maybe your justification, you know, I'm guilty of this. I used to say, Oh, I live alone. No one's going to notice. I used to say this. I don't say this anymore. I come home and I look around my place and I, yeah, there's some things, there's still some things that I'm like, but this is part of the job. Like at first, what's acceptable to you? is actually a lower standard. And then as you raise your bar, then you start to make it better and better and better. Right. But like, I want to come home as though I've been treated to like a hotel. So like if, if, and if someone comes to my, my place, for example, and they go and step into my washroom, I want them to feel like they're in a hotel washroom. I want the cloths to be mint white. I want like, you know, I want everything to be like pristine and clean and and perfect. I want you to walk in there and be like, wow, like this is, this is nice. You know what I mean? And what I'd like to do is it, for me, the washroom's the most dirty place for me. Cause I'm a hairy guy <laughs> and just like, I, you know, and I get it, I go hiking and I do stuff in the mud. So it's very easy for me to just go have a shower and wipe off the dirt and, you know, and be like, whatever, I'll deal with it later. But the fact that I take can take care of that space allows me to have a certain quality with everything else. That's a lot easier. So you pick your troubled area and you make that excellent, right? Cause at the end of the day, if you want to be awesome, like whatever your vision is, you, you, you don't get to avoid your weakness. So whatever your weakness is, go towards that, go towards that thing, get control over that. And then all of a sudden you're going to feel like I can do anything, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, I mean, it's so funny. We're, we're, we're doing this. I want to read a little quote, actually, if you don't mind. Uh, not at all. I love quotes. This one's small, short, I should say. Short quote, powerful quote, important one. Um, I, I, believe the, I believe the philosopher, the speaker was uh, a very old Greek man, I think. 
his name Cicero. I think that's oh, it. Cicero. Cicero. That's it. Of course, I always say his name wrong. Cicero. <laughs> um, anyway, he has this quote. This good one. He says, "If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need." And I really love that idea because, mm. like, the garden. You have a garden because a garden is a representation of you. Your garden is you. So the way you tend your garden is the way you tend yourself. And I don't think you necessarily need to literally have a garden to do this, but it doesn't hurt. But I do think that if you look at yourself like a garden and you look at yourself like the gardener, and then the 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 library is like, there's all this knowledge and wisdom. I mean, podcasts mm. today are kind of like a library. So if you're listening to a podcast, I think in some ways you're doing yourself a similar service. Yeah, but this is part of create this podcast is is part of creating your atmosphere. Yeah, and you get to choose what podcast you listen to, and some are for entertainment and fun, and that might be good for certain things, and some are more philosophical, like this, and some are more about current events and not that any podcast is not better or worse than the other, but you get to decide what type of information you want to consume and what type of conversation or talk you want to be a part of. And so I'm not saying that this is better or worse than anything else. I'm just saying that if you're choosing this, you know, make sure you're choosing this and looking at it as something like, Hey, like, is this nurturing me? Cause if this isn't nurturing you, then you should listen to a different podcast. And I'll say that because like, I truly genuinely care about our listeners. If this is nurturing you and this is helping you, then you can kind of look at yourself, give yourself a pat on the back and say, Hey, I'm putting a little effort into like making myself, you know, look at my life a little bit differently or try some stuff. And that's good. And this can be one little element in the many elements that you bring to your garden. Yeah. And the more elements you, you can bring in and discover, cause really it's a, it's a, it's a form of discovery you know, again, attention and discovery. It's like, it's like, Oh, this, uh, like this activity, this, um, engagement, you know, is, is in an enriching thing. It's, it's, it's building more of the atmosphere that I want. I, I wanted to touch on that quote because I was like, that's because to me that quotes, what it says is, is it's talking about sustenance in a, in a, in a way it is, it's talking about nourishment. Like, mm-hmm. well, like we've been, been saying, um, you know, one of them is like, is like the garden, you know, that's literally, that's nourishment for your body and the library is the nourishment for your mind. You have everything you need with those things. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't entirely mean that literally, even though I'm sure literally it works as well. But on a, if we open it up to a more creative kind of metaphorical level, you know, like there's, there's a lot that we can, we can take from that. You know, it's like really it's like, like, how are we nourishing our bodies and our minds? What are we doing? Are we being conscious about those things? You know, mm-hmm. these are, and, and again, like just from, you know, the, the garden, that's a very simple thing, you know, to something a little bit more ephemeral, ephemeral, like the library, you know, like the knowledge, the body, like these things come together to create like a platform for you to emerge from, you know, and to be whatever the hell it is you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's also like a discovery. Like you don't know, like, I, I think that inside each of us, right. Like I love that quote and I forget where it comes from. Maybe you remember, but, um, the whole idea that inside the, the 
acorn is the image of the oak tree kind of concept, right? Yeah, I, I, I believe I, I think it, it's, I mean, it's been around for a long time, but yeah. I was, I, the place I really remember getting hammered over the head with it was um, an author and um, psychotherapist named James Hillman. Hmm. He's a brilliant, brilliant psychotherapist from not, not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that the concept is, you know, however you say it or however you put it, it all kind of comes back down to the same thing. Does the acorn know that it's supposed to be an oak tree or does it think it might need, it might be something else. Right. And, and so like, if we're all essentially the acorn or something like that, right. We might not know what we're meant to grow into. We don't know what fruit we're supposed to bear and we don't necessarily know the purpose or the greater contribution that we're supposed to make. And all you really have to rely on is this like sense inside of you and this vision that's almost created out of nothing and it doesn't exist yet. And so people might say, well, Mm -hmm. I could never see you doing that. Like, you know, I could never, like, I led a team of 123 people, you know, at one point when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was bullied and, you know, like, and, you know, like I barely was passing, like, this might sound like little things, but like, I was like super shy and like, and this like a loner. And then I went out and did this thing, you know, like these things that happen that we're able to do, like, I'm talking on a podcast right now, you know, where it's like, um, you know, we'll get hundreds, thousands of listens. You know what I mean? Like, so for me to get to here, to do this, people would have never seen that in me as a kid because I didn't exemplify any of the qualities that make somebody like do these types of things. But like, you have to see it inside of you and, and you might not even know what it is yet. And, and you might not know how far it can go. And you also don't know what you're growing into. And I'm not saying that I know yet, but what I have found in my life is that if I start to really trust this vision and I start to like honor it and try to behave in a way that would honor it, it begins to become true. And it's a discovery as much as it is a realization of what I want. Um, There's new things that are getting found in it, but you have to trust that you're meant to grow into something. And you know, maybe you're meant to be the oak tree and maybe that's what you think you're supposed to be, but maybe you're supposed to be something else and you have to find out. And the only way you're going to yeah. find out is by setting the atmosphere to make that possible. Yeah. And I mean, I think I mean, one of the reasons why I always love using the word nature when it comes in, and discovering our nature, our true nature, and why lots of other people have is because I think very often as human beings, we we don't necessarily think of ourselves as being beings of nature we kind of see ourselves as being separate from it you know like we're being being apart from it. it's like but we we are a part of nature and and we have a nature to us and when we can look at it that way then we might begin to listen a little bit more closely to what that thing is you know paying a little more closer attention to what that thing is because we have all kinds of people around us and whatever our background upbringing, wherever we were born, you know, there's all of these other pressures telling you, it's like, Oh yeah. Like, like you're saying, it's like, it's like, it's like, no, you're a, 
you're a birch tree. You know, no, you're a pine tree. You're this, you're that. Da, 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 da. And next thing you know, you've just got this whole jumble. You're not, you, you don't even know what the hell you're supposed to, to be. Mm-hmm. And you are that, you know, you're that oak tree. Right. But, and I mean, this is a whole sort of philosophical curveball. You know, you could, you, you could argue that all of those pressures are part of the environment that's necessary for you to discover what that nature in you actually is, you know, like we can choose to look at it as these are all things that were obstacles and things that are preventing us from being in our nature, or they are precisely the conditions that we need in order for us to discover our nature, Mm -hmm. because there is tremendous power and freedom through that process you know what I mean? Through that process of having to, to engage and pay attention and discover what that thing is and to say in the face of everything, no, this is, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This is the path that I am taking. There's tremendous power in that. And we would only discover that power in some ways. It, and we would only know it if there was like some kind of resistance to it. Mm-hmm. You know, unless we had to find our way to it. So maybe that's part of the process. Maybe, you know, there's a way that we can welcome the, the, the paths that seem like they were a waste of time, the people who betrayed us, the things that didn't go the way that we wanted them to go. You know, perhaps these are the conditions, you know, that are leading us closer and closer and closer and closer to ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we have the courage to actually look at it yeah. and admit what it is. It's there's so much good stuff here. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I want, I want to say one thing is that if you already knew what you were meant to be, life would be kind of boring because you'd already know the end of the story. You know, you don't go to a movies like necessarily wanting to know the ending. I mean, some people do, but like it, I, I don't really think that's why, like, I'll give you an example. We don't really want to know. We want to know the end of the story, but we actually want the journey more more. But the end of the story is very important to us. But not knowing what it is is in often what keeps us engaged. I was telling a story, this was years ago, and it was a horror story or something. Something I heard when I was a kid, but it was a pretty good one. And I was telling it, and I had a bunch of friends around me, a bunch of my peers, and we're sitting at a beach. And it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of dark and stormy or whatever, and we were just all out hanging out. And I started telling this horror story. And then as I got like halfway through or three quarters through or something like that, I just totally blanked on what the ending was. I couldn't remember for the life of me. <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, I don't remember. And all my friends, they were like, what? You, they could not accept that I didn't know the ending, right? Like they were like, just make it up. <laughs> but they wanted me to just make up an ending so they could feel completion on the story, which is just goes to the point that people like, like we all want to believe that the ending is already there written in stone. But like, if you got to the point in the story where it's like, well, we don't know where the rest of the story goes, people do, well, let's finish it. <laughs> let's finish it anyway. We need to complete this thing. You know what I mean? So like when you get invested enough into something and AK, this is a metaphor for yourself, you're going to want to know where you end up. But if you don't invest anything into yourself, you're not going to care about the story of your life. You're going to let it 
slip you by. So when you start to like actually see progress in your life story and you get invested in yourself and you get invested in this thing you're doing, you're going to want to follow through. You're going to want to see where it goes because there's that famous saying, I didn't come this far to only come this far, you know? And, and it's true. <laughs> Once you get a certain amount in, it's like, okay, there's no going back anymore. Let's see where this goes. And I can tell you this, like when I went through my darkest, hardest times, I, that was definitely a quote that rang and to, it rang through me a few times. It was like, well, I didn't come this far to only come this far. So yeah. let's just hang in there. Let's, and, and, and I, there were days, I, I tell you, man, there were days where I was like, I don't know if I'm getting out of this. Like this might be it. This might be where the story ends. And I sure hope not, but I'm like, just hang in there, just hang in there, just hang in there. And there was days, weeks, months, it felt like forever where this just, looming darkness, uh, pointlessness, a uh, lack of control just seemed to exist. And then I'd be out of it and I feel like I'd fall right back in. And I can tell you that like, at least for me, the kind of the having had invested that much into my dream at that point, even though it was seeing like it was dramatically failing, <laughs> I was like, but I didn't come all the way here to only get here. So let's see where this goes. And I think like, you know, part of the initial step is like, people will go like, well, what's the point of making my bed? What's the point of doing this thing? What's the point of trying this thing? Because once you get invested enough, then you'll have the wherewithal to go through what's the point. But right now you can say what's the point because you're not invested enough yet. And that's my personal opinion, but I really think it's true. You got to get invested in yourself and you got to get invested in the garden of you. And then once you start seeing that stuff grow, you're not going to want to, you're going to, you're not going to want to let it get taken and destroyed. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to hold, hold it, try and help it, keep it alive. Yeah. If you put care and love into it. And also you become, you become a little bit less tolerant of the things that aren't enriching you. Totally. Finally, like it's like, you just don't have, have the time or the energy to put up with, shit that you used to put up with yeah you know or things that you activities you used to engage with you know like uh, oftentimes are little addictions you know that's that's a very interesting thing when you start to commit to yourself and commit to doing the things that actually enrich you is that all of these little bad habits all of these little distractions that you know you used to be slave to suddenly just kind of start just kind of falling off of you yeah. You know, maybe like not necessarily they completely disappear, but like they just become less, less potent. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they lose their power. I mean, I, I think a lot of destructive vices and habits come from a, come from a, a lack of care about yourself and about what you're, what's possible for you. Jim Ron has this uh, thing where he talks about Jim Ron's a very famous speaker, but he talks about like getting up early and he talks about, well, people say, why are you getting up early? And you can, you can always just say to them, if you were going where I was going and you were going to meet who I was going to meet, you'd get up early too. And I really like that idea. Like once you start, like once you start believing that what you want is possible, because a lot of the times I find people who have destructive vices have a very, uh, low belief in what's possible for them. They, 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 a lot of the time, because if they knew what they were giving up, they wouldn't do that stuff. Yeah. But when you, you do that stuff because secretly 
maybe secretly to yourself, you're, 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 you're not believing in it. And, and here's the thing you might justify that it's never going to happen for you. Look, I've done all the tricks. I said, well, it can happen for other people, but not me. <laughs> I mean, we all, we all, we, we have all the tricks. Yeah. So I, I participated in destructive self-destructive behavior, uh, you yeah. know, and I, and I look back now and I'm almost embarrassed at some of it, but like that was where I was at. And what I had to learn was I had to learn to, to value my future again and have faith in it. You know, because yeah. when you have no faith in your future and who you can become and what's possible, you're going to be willing to be self-destructive in the moment. Yeah. And that reminds me a lot of um, what Gabor Mate, who like to the listeners out there, if you've never, if you never checked out stuff by Gabor Mate, this guy's, he, he's an amazing um, uh, psychiatrist um, who's done a lot of work on addiction you know, and basically everyone has an addiction and the addiction is there because it replaces something that, that we didn't get essentially, especially really bad addiction. And it, it's, it, it's there as a replacement usually to some kind of like the love that we never and support that we didn't have. And it makes us, it fills that, that hole of that thing that we don't have. Um, but essentially what I don't know exactly. There was somewhere I wanted to take that. But <laughs> classic Evan. Classic Evan. Classic Evan. <laughs> I love it. Thing well, I get sidetracked in one thing, and then it's just like, and then the other, the other thing is gone. Well, you know, we yeah, we have these, we have these addictions there, or these self-destructive behaviors. You know, sometimes when it's like you can be addicted to a good thing, but when you're addicted to a good thing, you're usually not like. It, I mean, you can be addicted to a good thing and have it be filling a gap inside of you. Like for me, like I know this is true for me. Like when I was younger, I really believed that like being liked and being popular was going to get me like happiness and it was going to make me feel like, like loved. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of behaviors that I did and a lot of actions I took just to try to, um, you know, be included and to make friends because, you know, and I, I, it probably goes back even to childhood, but like, I remember in high school, like I remember just not being included, not being a part of things and not being like, and, and there was this part of me as I got older and I found, Oh, like I have more skills so I can, I can figure out ways to actually be a part of cool groups and you know, whatever. But some of that, or at least a good portion of that behavior was coming from, you know, just things that I was doing were just coming from like me, just not feeling like I was enough and feeling like I was good enough. And I wanted to be liked and be included. And I think that, you know, addiction is, addiction is a big topic. I mean, here's the thing. If you're a plant in this metaphor and something is destroying the plant, right? If you're watching, if you're, if you're like tending a plant and every time you did something, it like made the plant wilt and you actually saw it wilting, if it had grown into something more, you would probably care. But if it hasn't grown yet, you might not care because you don't see the wilting, right? The more it grows, the more you see the wilting, the, the more you're going to stop the behavior. So a lot of addiction, I believe, comes from the fact that we don't see the effect of the addiction, right? Yeah. And, and well, it can... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like any addiction, as far as I understand it, like an addiction is any sort of like basically a habit that has 
a negative consequence on yours and others lives, right? Whatever that is. And, Hmm. and the truth is, is that most of us have addictions. It's just that some of us don't, our addictions aren't as overt or as, as crippling as, as, you know, say like a drug addict or something. Right. Sure. Um, but you know, like the, the thing that I'd, I'd actually initially set out to, to say, this is, this is what Brandon always does. It's like, I forget. He like brings it around. He feel he, he, he brings in another good point. And then by the time he's, he's done, it's just like, Oh, it's, it's, it's hit me again. Um, but basically, um, the addiction, our addictions, what he did, cause he worked with with a lot of like really bad drug addiction for a lot of years. And the first thing that he said to all of the people that came in to see him was, um, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's thank the heroin, you know, let's thank the, whatever the, the meth, let's thank the, whatever the thing is, the drug was like, let's thank it because it kept you alive. Like in a weird way, that thing kept Mm. you alive for the time that, that it was there. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's obviously now become destructive, but in some ways these, our addictions, our distractions, our, you know, like they're, they're all kind of the same thing. Um, there's something that we are getting out of it that is helping us to keep going because life is, life is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) You know, it's a, it is a challenging thing, but, but uh, if I learned anything from, uh, from Marcus Aurelius, that's, it's what we're made for. You know, we're made for this hard stuff of life that confronts us. Um, And we're made for it in a way that we become better. We become wiser. We become stronger. Mm. And, there comes a time when we need to eventually admit and face up to our distractions and our addictions and, and get really honest with ourselves about what those things are. And this might seem like we've kind of gone on a, on a bit of a side amble here, but this is all related to this whole thing where we began with create your atmosphere to flourish yeah. You know, creating that atmosphere is about these honest looks at the things that we, that we do that, you know, maybe it's not having a negative impact on anybody else, but maybe deep down in you and you're making excuses for it. I know I, I have like little habits and things and I was just like, God, this is not, you know, like this, it's not really harming anyone else, but this isn't, this is not doing good things for me. This is not putting my, my mind, my, my energies the, the person I want to be is not contained within this thing that I'm doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's like, so then you've got to ask what the hell you're even, why you're even doing that. What's the, what's the purpose of this anymore? And, and to begin to make other choices, to begin to get into that state of reflection, it's like, well, what are again, the things that enrich me? Oh, you know what? Just like, laying down, like listening to like a great album or great music or, you know, going out and seeing, seeing live performance, or again, like going out into nature, reading, reading whatever kind of books do something to you, you know, like really like that's kind of the stuff that you're looking for. And this is always what I 
teach actors when I'm trying to teach actors, you know, how to put themselves into like really intense emotional states. It's just like, well, like it's, you're looking for the stuff that's going to do something to you. It's not about you doing it so much as you're looking for the things that do something to you. Hmm. And, and that's kind of how you begin to, to create that atmosphere around you is beginning to recognize, you know, what are these powerful forces in your life that do something to you in a way that's enriching? Hmm. I think that comes down to perspective too. Like, I think you need to have your radar open to, to what is being done to you, you know, and that comes from both positive and negative. Like, you know, if there's negative things and like, for example, something that I learned when I was younger was if you hang around with somebody and you feel worse, take a note of that. If you feel better, take a note of that. If you feel neutral, like just take a note so that you start to know like, okay, well I did this thing and you know, uh, I feel this way. And, and that, not that that's the, the end all be all judge and determiner whether this thing's good for you, but like take notes, start taking notes on your life, start seeing what, what's working for you, what's helping you, what's enriching you. Um, like I basically shut up my Facebook feed, you know, uh, it it was like, I, it was not good for me. I I don't, I I just don't know what to say. Like it was just not good for me. And it was so hard to admit because I'm like, Mm -hmm. nah, it's not doing anything to me. (laughs) I'm fine. And like, here's the thing, like, it, we use it. It's part of the social media platform. You know, it's a great way to stay connected. I just decided that I wouldn't end my terminate my Facebook use, but I decided that I would change how I use Facebook. And I did this to nurture myself and it dramatically helped. And I can tell you what I did was I turned off all notifications. I don't want any, my phone never beeps for a Facebook notification ever. I turned everything off. And the only way I will look at Facebook at the actual pages and stuff is if I decide to click on the app to go into it, but I'll never get notified. And, and you know, it's, I look at, I look at my notifications because if I ever go back in and I look at it, I'm like, 90% 90% of these notifications I do not care about and I do not <laughs> want to know. And I'm just like, I, I'm just like delete them all. And then I'll look at like one out of maybe 10. Yeah. And so I, I think about how I used to live and I used to get 10 notifications like per say day or per several hours or whatever, probably more because I used it more and 90% of that was probably crap. So if you're doing an activity and 90% of it is like not good and not useful for you and not enriching your life, I mean, that's like so much energy and time. And then the other thing is I would walk away taking in these images of like, someone would be like, this horrible thing happened to these people and this animal and this thing and this company did that. And it's like, I am aware that all this stuff's going on. Like I get that but me being reminded of that every single day and I'm not doing anything about it is not healthy. If I want to know about something and I'm actually going to do something about it, that's different. Like if you're an activist and you're actually being an activist, I, it's probably good for you to, to figure out what's going on. So you can figure out how to be a better activist, mm-hmm. but most of us are not. And what I found though, when I turned off Facebook, I still found out about all the key information. I didn't need Facebook. I found out about it anyway. Maybe I didn't find out about a, that minute that it happened because that's what Facebook does. But I found out about it through socializing, connecting, 
And through that, it opened up conversations with people, which are actually what Facebook's supposed to be about to actually connect. Right. So for example, I'm not trying to slam Facebook. I'm just saying like Facebook is good in many ways and it's bad in the ways that we use it. And if you don't let it, like, and there's people who are trying to use it to like manipulate you. So if you let them, that's your own fault, right? It doesn't mean Facebook's bad, but there's lots of people. And I'm not talking about people who run Facebook. I'm talking about marketers and people on the other end, maybe they're even your friends or your contacts. And they're using Facebook as a platform to get something that isn't good. And so then you're on the other end and you're the one that's getting that. So you need to be very mindful of your, how you check that app, how you, how you relate to that feed. And this is just one of a, like, so many examples, thousands, millions of examples. And you need to check when I do this thing, am I actually feeling better? Is this actually good for me? And if yeah. you're con if you're in a constant state of like depression or you're feeling down, I would say like, there's some big warning flags with social media, turn off all your social media, see how you feel. It's yeah. probably going to be super hard for you because you don't want to admit <laughs> you're addicted to it. Yeah. But there you go. No, it's, it's, and that's just, it, that is, it's one of those amazing ways of just, again, going by the feeling of like, like, what is your experience of it when you're all finished? Do you, does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel like taking action on something? Does it, you know, make are you, you enriched? Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's your gauge, you know? And yeah. that's just one simple way. I was gonna say, it's, it's funny. Cause I, um, I use the, the Duolingo app. I've like, I'm learning French and, and Spanish on this app. And like during the loading screens, it says, um, it says like, uh, something like, uh, spending, spending like five minutes a day on Duolingo can teach you a language. What can, what does five minutes on social media do for you? Mm. Right. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's, that's like good point. Yeah. I mean, you ultimately are where you put your energy. You are whatever you put your energy into. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, your attention and your energy, you become it. Right. So yeah. you have to be so, I think that the, the most valuable thing in the world is attention. I think people don't realize it. I, I think that, you know, time is very valuable, but I think attention is even more valuable because yeah. what you're putting your attention on will create your reality and your internal reality is your external atmosphere, which is kind of the point that we wanted to get to in this conversation. Like your, if you don't like the, the, um, external elements of your life, there's elements that are internal that need work. And through working internally, you'll, you'll work externally. And then you have to work externally to work the internally and you have to go back and forth. And it's not like just one or the other, because people want this like quick fix. They're like, Oh, if I just work on myself, then I'll fix my life. It's like, no, you got to work on yourself and then you got to work on your life and, and your friendships and your relationships. And then you got to work on yourself again. And then you got to go work on your business and then you got to go work on yourself again. And it's like back and forth. And it's like, you're, you're going like up, a wall, you know, like, and you're kind of, or, or two walls, you got to hop to one side, hop to the other, hop to the other, hop to the other. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a one side fits all. We have to do internal and external work at the same time. And I just have to say this cause I just got to get this out. And it's something that really bothers me because we talk a little woo woo here and there. <laughs> I really do not like people. And I'm listen, if you're out there and you're doing woo woo stuff and you're telling people to just do internal work, and you're not telling them to take any action and you're not like reminding them that they have to like do some things in the physical world to make 
physical, practical things happen that they can just wish upon a star and like law of attraction shit. And that's it. You're misleading them. And that's not good. That's not healthy. Like Mm -hmm. you can have, and I honestly fully believe that you should really build in a strong internal world of like, be clear on what you want, be clear on your vision, be clear on the things you want to attract your life. All of that is very valuable and important, but it's only half the picture. You Mm -hmm. still have to act on it when opportunities arise. You have to build your relationships with people. If you want to move forward in the world, like as a collective, like you don't just get to wish upon a star and hope that it's going to happen. Like we're all playing in a world internally and externally and you got to find a balance and maybe it's more internally than it is externally like i'll give you that maybe and some people believe it's more externally than internally but like it's a little of both i guarantee that because you got to take a little action you can't just be totally woo woo and wishy and hopeful like it takes action too yeah but it's not all action because if it's all action and no like internal growth and no internal vision like what's the action for yeah it's so, like what are you pointing the spear towards you know yeah. kind of thing um yeah totally like with and yeah with any sort of um with any sort of thing i've that i have participated in uh, on sort of, I guess that woo woo spectrum of things, but like through, you know, meditation retreats and things like that, they always, there's always integration. There's always a talk about integration at the end of it. It's like, yes, yes, you've had this experience here in this, in this time and in this moment. It's like, but how are you going to like, what are you going to do to integrate this into your life in a more deeper, in a deeper way so that it actually, you know, takes, takes root to, to go with the, our sort of analogy that we've been going in so that it takes root so that it can grow. Cause otherwise it, you know, you haven't planted it. Right. Cause in the bubble of spirituality, everything is perfect. Then you go on a retreat, everything's perfect. And you can learn these great things and these great wisdoms and these great lessons. And you can be great. I'm going to go into the world and I'm just going to like live like this now. And no, you won't because what's going to happen is the cake's going to get put in front of you. The beer is going to get put in front of you. The the smokes, the TV, the, all the things that you know that are taking you away from your spiritual connectedness. And then you're going to have to deal with that. And you know, it comes down to hard, like it comes down to that side of the plant that can take the weather. You know what I mean? Like we live in a, we live in a, like a plant has to survive the weather. Think about it that way. You think about a big standing oak tree or something like that. Mm -hmm. It takes the snow, it takes the rain, it takes the sun, it takes all of it. And it doesn't, and it stands strong. And like, if you want to grow into your vision, you have to take the weather. And part of taking the weather is the real world action. It doesn't just get to be a seed underground and still be the Oak tree. So Mm -hmm. in the spiritual bubble, you're the seed underground and you get to like work on the seed and on all of that. And what does the seed want to do? But like, you got to step out into the world and you got to learn how to take the punches. You know, you got to learn how to take the hits and you got to have that strong vision so that, you know, you don't get uprooted by someone else because you know, like the weather pushes you over the wind's too strong for you, you know, like you still got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that this is my motto for like coaching and mentoring is that I think that people should be taught and inspired both internally from a idealistic, passionate kind of hopeful, optimistic, visionary type of way. But I think that a good coach and a mentor prepares you for the weather they prepare mm-hmm. you for the hard knocks and they give you the toughness that you need to take that vision and all that spiritual woo woo 
lovely stuff and make it strong in the world. Because if you're the most spiritual person and you can't stand the weathering of the world and the harshness of people, well, you believe in what you believe in, then you yeah. can't, your spirituality means nothing. And there, there's going to be people that are going to tear down your beliefs. Yeah. So anyway, that's means yeah, it was <laughs> like when you were talking about that, like the thing that came to my mind is just like swearing at people in traffic. <laughs> it all means nothing when you're, when you're calling that person in traffic an asshole, you know? Yeah, like it's, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, well, we're having a drink. I'm having, having a, drink. a drink. Let's mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had this one recently, but it's just, you know, trying to avoid as much going out into public spaces, especially indoor as possible still in these, in these strange times. So I'm, uh, I'm just drinking another Steamworks Pilsner, which I think I had maybe a month back or something like that. It's great, man. Got no, awesome. got no qualms with it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm drinking a Kolsch, uh, and this is from Off the Rail Brewing Company, and they got a little uh, German flag for a can. Oh yeah, I think I've had that one before. It's good. It's nice and light and tasty. Um, so that's what I'm. That's the brew that's on the table for me. Um, okay, here, here. Before we wrap this thing up, I want to talk about. I, I, I just want to kind of bring the conversation to. Um, the idea of like, like how to nurture yourself. We did talk a little bit about it, but I want to go yeah. more into that. Cause um, I think we talked about some of the, the philosophy of it. And we talked about, you know, I kind of went off on a rant about like, you got to weather the storm, <laughs> you know, but I think that like, as much as I believe in all of that, and I think that's true. How do you actually make yourself grow? Like, what do you do? And we kind of talked about like going, towards what feels good, you know, in nurturing and fulfilling, um, and staying away from what seems toxic and bad and destructive to you. And you have to make those decisions, but how could we like flesh that out a little bit more and kind of, you know, bring in a little bit more of maybe that area of the conversation? Yeah. I mean, obviously like, I think we've, we've already covered the sense of like doing the things that are enriching, like the, these things that are creatively, you know, are creatively getting things moving and stirring within you in, in what feels like a positive direction. And again, these aren't things that are, are, Oh, I should be doing this or I should this or should that. Um, these are, these are, th these require a certain level of, again, attention into understanding that these are things that are enriching for you, not things that are enriching for somebody else. You know, you can borrow if something works and, and you, and you're like, Oh yeah, that that's, that's great. I love that. You know, try different things out, you know, get, you know, have fun play with a lot of these different things. Um, but you know, like to, to go with like what you're saying, sort of like, you know, these trees, they weather these different storms, they weather different seasons of the year, but it moves with them. I think, you know, if, if to continue with this metaphor, to continue with this analogy, you know, the trees move with the seasons. They don't try to change the season that's happening. They move with it. You know, when things get cold, they shed their leaves, you know, and they go into a state of kind of resting and of sleeping. You know, and then there's a time for them to 
come back out and to flourish and to reach out to the sun and to grow and to do all of these things. Like it, it, and with the, the snow and the rain, it takes that time to absorb all of those things, these nutrients. So it's like, we're not so dissimilar. Sometimes we do have to weather storms. You know, there's a situation that happens, a circumstance, a change that is we're suddenly find ourselves thrust into. There is, there is material there. There are nutrients that are within that situation and within that season that is occurring. Hmm. And if we can recognize it, you know, which is, again, we do, we have, it's one of our laws is the seasons of law of seasons and cycles is that, you know, there, there's a time to, to harvest and there's time to seed. There's, there's a time for all of these different things. You don't have to be upset on top of difficult times. You know, it's like, okay, this is just the time that's happening right now. This is what is being presented. And if we can have that level of awareness and perspective in the midst of it happening, we can, we can ride it out with a lot more sort of gracefulness mm. and come out with it with, you know, cause like a lot of times it's those, those storms and those winds that, that, that create strength in, in these trees. There's these beautiful trees um, that grow on um, in the, the Gulf islands in British Columbia, they grow in other places too, but um, it, these arbutus trees, they're my absolute favorite. They've got these rich red bark and they kind of grow close to the, to the ocean. They are like these just dense, hard, trees that grow quite thick but they you, you, they'll just reach right out across the water like and you you don't even understand how this tree is standing and how it's not toppling over but it's this thing that has that it knows the tree that it is and it ha, and it's the environment has taught it to be that way you know, to, to have that kind of strength where it can shoot itself right over across the water and then deal with, with storms and with massive winds and, and they're, they, they in, retain their integrity throughout. Hmm. That's awesome. And you brought in so many good things in that conversation. Uh, that part of the I conversation. jumped around a little bit, but you know, we got there. <laughs> There's so much good in there. I, 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 I won't even comment on it at this point because that's just something I just want to hear again, but you're right. I mean, the, the, whatever you are, I mean, you, you, you will adapt your environment. And, you know, I think, um, I think that it's important to, to not try to be anything other than what you are and not try to be in any other season that you're in. You know, sometimes you're in a stage of growth and rebuilding um, sometimes you're in a stage of just weathering a storm and you're just, you know, you're hanging in there and that's part of, part of the life journey. It doesn't all get to be flourish and growth and all this, like, you know, and, and, and that's part of what I think makes the whole journey of this all so interesting. And it doesn't mean because you have to weather it, that you shouldn't grow into something, you know, that you should stay hidden in the ground your whole life, you know, hiding away from, from the outside world, you know, um, I would say that a mistake that people often make, and I've made myself, is that we wait to be who we who we truly are. 
we wait until circumstances to be who we truly are. So what I mean is like, people will say, well, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough time. And like, the thing is, is that if something's important enough, you'll make the time. And if something's important enough, you'll find the money. And you can always like, you can always kind of like test yourself against that. So like when you're, <laughs> it's the thing is, is like your you partly what's going to nurture you is you deciding to not tell those stories anymore and deciding that you're going to be who you would be if you had the money and if you had the time. So like you got to make it, you know, you have to figure out what you need to do. So for example, like you don't have the time. You got to look at like, well, where do I have time? Don't look at the time you don't have, look at the time you do have. And in that time, you got to, you got to take something out of that. So you might say like, does, does everybody have five minutes? Does every person in the world have five minutes that they can figure out how to corner out somewhere in the world and just get, well, that five minutes could be the time that you're reading your book or the time that you're, you're doing this thing. And you think you're going to justify it and say, well, five minutes doesn't matter. And I can tell you five minutes means the world, you know, mm -hmm. it's like money, right? Like people go, I'm broke, I'm broke. I don't have money. I don't have money. Okay. Do you save 1%? Are they like, I spend every dollar. It's like, okay, then what you're going to do is you're going to save 1% of everything you make. Really, you should be saving probably 20 to 50% of what you make, or at least 20 to 30%. And people hear that and they go, that's crazy. But it's like, when you start, when you start saving 1%, you're going to start learning how to save two. And when you can save two, you might be able to save four and you can save four, then maybe eight. And the thing is, is what ends up happening is you build the ability to do something that was impossible before. And it creates a compound amount of power. So for example, if you can carve five minutes out of your day, pretty soon you're going to be able to carve out 10. And if you do that long enough, you're going to be able to carve out 20. Right. And then like, how long is it going to take before you can carve out your whole day? Like that's the power of compound interest, right? That's the power of compounding a good habit and a good thing for you. So yeah. when we're talking about nurturing, like you got to find that five minutes of time. You got to find that 1% of your earnings to save. You got to find that and you got to do that for yourself. And that is, that is where the real work occurs. That's the hard work but that's where you're, that's where you're going to build those roots in the ground that are going to make you stand forever. And if you are going to make an excuse why you can't find five minutes or you can't find one minute, that's on you. That's just on you, you know? Yeah. So, and, and you can, you can make all the excuses in the world. And I, you know, I just like, I'm on a rant. I am. <laughs> you can make all the excuses in the world. You're like, my job doesn't allow it. My family doesn't allow it. Well, get them on board, get them on board figure it out. You know, yeah. do you have a break at work? If you have a break, you have five minutes, I guarantee you. So you work on your break. Don't talk to your colleagues. Don't sit by the water cooler. Don't do all that bullshit that you've been doing. Go put some work in on your break. You know, as far as I know, at least in North America, you get two breaks and one lunch. That's one hour. So you have one hour of time between work. You say, well, I got to eat, eat and read, eat and do the thing you need to do. Whatever you got to do, you know, so many people are going on their break and they're smoking. And then they say, I don't have the time. You know, it's like, you have the time to smoke. You have the time to kill yourself. Why do you have the time to build yourself? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I went on a little rant, but these are the things that people, 
I really believe need to hear the things I needed to hear when I was a kid, because this is the hard, tough love side of things that I think is so, so important for people. And they don't like you when you say it, but they love you when they see what it does for them. So it's a true act of love to try to tell somebody the thing that's going to help them change their life. And I'm, I apologize and I don't apologize. I apologize that I have to be the jerk right now to say this and it might be harsh, but I'm also not apologizing because I know that if you do these things for yourself, great things will begin to happen and it will just be just the beginning of what's possible. You begin to sprout as that plant. So, um, you know, maybe that's not the answer everybody wants to hear when they say like, Hey, let's talk about how to build yourself. But like, that's honestly like, that's honestly where I think it starts. I think it starts in those places, those hidden corners yeah. you're not looking at. And, you know, I, I really kind of love that you brought up this, this thing of like time, like five minutes. Most of us can, f- can find f- five minutes. Everybody somewhere. can find five. Minutes. Everyone can find Everybody. five minutes, you know? Yeah. And, and to just build up, you know, this on that point you were making, you know, it's like, maybe five minutes seems like nothing, but from an artist's perspective, five minutes has made artists entire careers. That audition, that music yeah. set, that, that one piece that, yeah, there was a lot that would build up to it, but that five minutes changed their whole lives. And maybe this is the way we need to start looking at these five minutes that we put aside for something, you know, like again, and going back in our conversation, maybe no one else sees it, but if you do, because maybe that five minutes you spent to sit and read that book or that you spent, um, you know, just sitting and doing some meditating or taking that, you know, a little breath of fresh air, maybe something happens in that moment that brings you clarity about something that, that you suddenly discover some kind of direction an opportunity, a possibility that wasn't there before that you wouldn't have discovered had you not taken that five fucking minutes, Mm -hmm. five minutes can change your life. And yeah, and it. it can, it absolutely can. And, you know, 1% of saving your money, as broke as you might feel, just put 1% aside. Because the, like, when you're dead broke, you're, like, just, you just every dollar just seems like it's going towards a debt or a bill or something like that. You take that 1% and you feel like, I could use this 1% for this bill. But the accumulation of that 1%, seeing that grow and being able to put that aside And yeah, maybe you have to deal with some consequences. Maybe you have to give something up you like, or maybe you have to like eat something you don't want to eat, you know, like, and I don't mean that just literally, you know, maybe you got to like metaphorically like eat a little shit, so to speak. Um, You know, and it's like that 1% though is going to build. And pretty soon when you start seeing that you created more opportunity, because you have a little bit of money, then you're going to start to see that like, Hey, like if I just put 2% aside, maybe I could do a little more. Cause I could do that in half the time. And like the power of five minutes and the power of 1% is just so big and people like, it's like the penny, right? Like people overlook it and it's like, put it aside, put it aside, put it aside, build it, do something with it. And all of a sudden, like one day you're like, wake up and you go, Hey, I got something here. You know, this stuff is added up. And I think that's also important. You know, when you're nurturing a plant, 
like if you're, if gardening is a great little example, because when you're, when you're first nurturing seeds for the first little bit, nothing happens. And this is the thing. I think people get frustrated because they put five minutes into something or, you know, they go to the gym like a few times and they go like, ah, oh, I'm not going to, you know, it's too hard, whatever. It's like, you got to keep doing it, you know? And if you keep doing it, you keep watering it, you keep giving it the sun, you keep giving it the thing it needs, you, the thing you need. Eventually you start to sprout. You're going to start to see something surface. And that's like exciting. And then you're like, oh man, this thing isn't growing fast enough. It's like, that's the next stage, but it will grow, you know? And like, sometimes you got to like put a lot of effort into something for a very long time before you even see it sprout, you know, like bamboo is like that, right? Like bamboo takes Mm -hmm. years, like before it like really grows. And the thing is, is like, or it takes a very long time. I don't know how long exactly. There's there's some variety. There's like the one variety of bamboo that like, it doesn't do anything for like eight or 10 years or something like that. And then it just goes, boom. (laughs) Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that idea. Right. So, you know, maybe, you're working at something and you feel like you're getting nowhere. Like that's where faith comes in. That's where your sense of belief in yourself comes in. That's where you got to trust your vision. Like this thing inside of you that you're meant to be, it doesn't necessarily come out right away. It's going to need a lot of care and a lot of nurturing before it's going to be ready to surface. And like, you know, that might be you and, and you just have to stay with it and you, you have to decide that you're worth it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really like at the end of the day, like the atmosphere that you create is a product of how much you care. Nice. Right. Cause that's what this conversation is about. The, yeah. the, the atmosphere is a representation of your care, both externally and internally. The atmosphere is your level of care about yourself and your world. Mm-hmm. So you decide, you know, like when I was talking about my pristine bathroom, <laughs> that's one element where I'm putting a lot of care. Now that can extend to my bedroom, my living room, my kitchen, my, my everything, my car, like everything, my workspace, you know, I, I've been, I've been pushing this and going like, where else could I care? Where else could I put care and, and consideration into things? And I'm, I'm starting to like, not just places, but I'm like, what about friendships? Like maybe I can put more care into that. You know what I mean? And like, as you do this, you start to see your expansiveness and it all started with the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what this is um or a sink wow I, it's this is like i like what an amazing thing you brought it to because it really is about care yeah you know like and just because you asked the question like well what more could you know you asked yourself this question of what more can i put care into and the answer is everything we can put more care into absolutely everything that we do and if we begin to just more mindfully put more care into everything that we do we'll begin to create a beautiful atmosphere for ourselves to flourish thanks for listening to the show If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.